Kelly Luther will spend the next week in jail. Now the judge. One salon owner in North Texas. Well, she learned that the hard way. And a hair salon owner who had also opened up her store has been jailed. Luther tore up the citation to the cheer of the crowd. But in Dallas, salon, salon owner Shelly Luther faced seven days in jail for So your client is in jail right now? But yesterday, a woman by the name, and I want you to remember this name, a woman by the name of Shelly Luther in Texas. We don't support the random jailing of, for example, the woman who's now a household name, Shelly Luther. I thought it was terrible. I thought he was a terrible judge. The, the prisoner would like to speak a word. You need to apologize. What were you thinking when he said he, you need to apologize to the politicians? I was like, what? So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salons. They're putting this woman in jail because she's trying to feed her kids. The whole thing is screwed up. Well, I'm, I'm proud to stand with Shelley Luther, and I'll tell you what happened to her was wrong. Yeah! I'm not anyone special. I just know that... I have rights. You have rights to feed your children and make income. Right. And anyone that wants to take away those rights is wrong. We only had people in Washington, D.C. who had half the guts of this patriot play Shelley Luther. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courage to Stand. I'm Shelley Luther. I hope you saw last week's episode with Nick Adams. He is a true American patriot, even though he came all the way from Australia. And uh, it's really a great show. So if you missed it, go to CourageToStand.com and you can check that out. And today's guest, we also have a true American patriot. Please welcome to the show, Gerald Kern. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good, good. Good. Okay, so we were talking before the show. You have so many different things that we can talk about. You are such a diverse person, but I really want to zero in on um, some of the things that got you to the Courage to Stand stage. I met you, I guess, first through social media on right. Facebook, seeing all of these different things that you're doing, but mostly a community food bank, right. which is huge. And it's one of the best run businesses there is. And when I say business, I don't mean cash cow like somebody's making money. I mean doing this food bank the right way. So how did you first get involved with the food bank? You know, I had all my buddies, Curtis McAfee. He knew I had a, a logistics business with event planning, travel, tourism. Mm -hmm. And he knew my non other previous nonprofit background. And after her, during Hurricane Harvey, there was a lot of uh, overstock from FEMA mm -hmm. in terms of non-perishable foods, like dozens of 18-wheelers loads oh, wow. that had to be moved. Mm -hmm. And he was affiliated with the community food bank. He did a lot of their business, handled all their business side, and he pulled me pulled me in. And next thing you know, we're moving tens of thousands <laughs> of meals to like dozens of nonprofits by the pallet loads through a series of phone calls. I think we, yeah, we moved several million wow. meals in a matter of weeks. So basically you're a type of warehouse. It's almost like a, a warehouse where you can move mass quantities of things yeah. and then you kind of distribute them to make to good nonprofits to yeah. make sure that we were, people get what they need. Exactly, we were donated a factory. And so it's, the whole facility is about 45,000 square feet. Oh my. Of the compounds. So, 
you know, it's built for taking in, I think there's four 18-wheeler bays, the freezer's 6,000 square feet, the refrigerator is 6,000 square feet, and so it's built for a large scale efficiency. And so we can do things that other nonprofits can't because of our economy of scale, and yet still help all the smaller non mom and pop nonprofits they count to get on resources. You. Yeah, we can, it's a it's a win-win because we count on them to take that. Mm -hmm. When we, we accept these large donations, we need them to step up and start they don't have the excuse either that like we don't have the resources. We're giving you the resources. They don't have the ability to store large quantities of food right. and perishable items. You do. Correct. And so like during the ice storm, I was really proud of some of my elected members, elected community members that stepped up. Technically, we we're close to the public, but if they were an elected official or someone in office, we could get the police out there. We can get like Haltom City. They sent their police department out there, their firefighters out there. And we're loading up pallets of water, pallets of food mm -hmm. to various places that were shut down because of piping and whatnot. So, And it's not just about giving out food. It's, you know, when you involve the police or elected officials, you are... Um, getting people to meet that normally wouldn't meet, that are right. talking, everybody on the same level, everybody um, communicating, and it puts it not on such a tense level as far as what's going on in the world today. Yeah, I'll give you an example. One police department, but I probably can't name, you know, during the protests, they were like three, four weeks of continuous SWAT duty, and they were just getting slammed. They're on rooftops and everything else. We sent them, and they actually sent a convoy of police vehicles. We sent them probably five to ten truckloads of drinks, eighteen-wheelers, a lar large quantities, yes, to supply their officers during the peak of the protests and everything. It was, it was like a hundred and some odd degrees out there. But I told my friends, "You're going to have guys heavily armed under heavy stress, mm -hmm. and you're asking them to make correct decisions." You might want them hydrated. I know my time at Fort Hood, those summers, mm -hmm. yeah, you start your cloud, your judgment gets a little cloudy when you start getting dehydrated. So yeah, but we were able to do that because we we're not dependent upon tax dollars. We can step in to any situation that we see where we can make an immediate difference and doesn't take more than a few hours to move supplies. And the government can't intrude in it because you're not taking money from them. We're not dependent upon it. It's we, kind of like private schools. I, I, in yeah. my mind, it, I mean, being a former teacher, it's kind of like private schools. Like if they wanted to open with no mask during COVID or do what they wanted during COVID, they couldn't be afraid. They weren't afraid because they weren't receiving you right. know, as much tax dollars. Right. I mean, do we take grants? We, we apply for them. We get them. But are we going to apply something with crazy strings attached? No. No, it's it's a true small business, which is like, it's huge. But what I'm talking about, the American dream of, of being able to do what you want, live this out and help others along the way. I think when you, we use a lot of Six Sigma principles. And so when you're using best practices and you, you, you have a board and you have donors and advisors and team, the team that's inside that warehouse that works 40 hours a week, you know, you've got some of the best people. You don't need a bloated staff when you've got mm -hmm. the best people doing things, and that's what they got. That's what I wanted to ask you about the board or the CEO. It's a husband and wife team right. that kind of run it. Right. Um, and what's great about this is this is a, a collection of people from every race, every religion, all parts of the world, all, all, all different types of um, financial situations. Right. That there, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you come from. You come here, if you have the 
want to help people, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. That's great. What are the, who, who is, who are the, uh, who is the couple? So Regina and Rudy Taylor, uh, Regina wears the pants in the family. And Rudy will tell you <laughs> All that. All right, Regina. Good job. <laughs> but you know, she's the, the CEO, but mm -hmm. she's very proud that she, you know, she answers to the board of directors. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't do anything that that's not in line with the board's wishes. Mm -hmm. Uh, her husband's a chief operating officer. She comes from a background, uh, with Anheuser-Busch and their marketing mm -hmm. side. He comes from, the husband comes from Delta with their, on their logistics side because, mm -hmm. and he does the, the operation side, so. So there's so many trucks coming in at one time. He's like an air traffic controller, but yeah. for semi-trucks. Correct. And I mean, as soon as one leaves, one's He has a up. con, you know, because of him and we have supervisors inside, there's always a constant communication of what's coming in, what do we have inventory, what's the expiration date, what needs to be moved. So we are never stuck with too much overstock of any mm -hmm. one item that can't be That's moved. crazy. One of the things we were talking about, it's not just what I think of a food bank is people donate either food or money and it's distributed right there. You know, like yeah. the small mom and pops. This is not like that. You will have a need. And we said like there was a fire. Um, yeah. Tell me about uh, that. So one of the things we do with a lot of businesses is we ask for their unused assets that haven't been sold. Some and you're talking about big, big box companies. Right. Uh -huh. you, you're talking Granger, Pottery Barn, Kohler, uh, Home Depot, Costco. Mm -hmm. And they're not moving just one or two items. They're moving, they're donating by the 18-wheeler because maybe they're changing up from spring to summer or whatever. Mm -hmm. They just have something didn't sell. Yeah, and, we all wonder where does that stuff go right. when they switch it over to a different season. Right. Where does that go? I'm and, glad it's getting put to use. And then we have donors that will come in and make bids on that overstock. And so maybe that company might be cash tight, but they, they've got plenty of overstock. We're able to turn that overstock into something that's going to keep the lights on, keep and the forklifts going. And it's a tax write-off for them because right. they're donating. That is so amazing. And so with the like Hood County uh, Volunteer Fire Department, for whatever reason, they don't supply them with water, I guess, when they, because they fight the brush fires. And so the guys made a phone call to me. So we had a deal with the Gaylord and we hooked them up with some stuff that they could use for their employee appreciation Christmas gifts. Mm -hmm. They sent us pallets of water that were already paid for by other conventions mm -hmm. that they're out, that's their overstock. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, let, let's hook you up with this. They're sending us pallets of water, and then we're sending those pallets. The logistics are crazy. I would not want to be right, but you're part of that. But what it is, it's a barter system, and it's not a lot of money per se exchanging hands. It's a need exchange. Right, and back you're, and you're just able to identify those needs in the community. Where can you? Fit? How do you identify the need? Because there's a lot of people that say they need stuff, um, but do people contact the few? Yeah, a lot bank of times word of mouth. People, mm -hmm. you know, seem to always. God works wonders, so I don't yeah. even worry about it. If it's meant to be, if, if something God wants us to have, God's going to make it happen. If it's not, then He'll bless it to someone else. So we, I don't really worry about that. It yeah. always seems to work out. That's a, well, it's not amazing. It's just favor. You're doing right. And what I mean by that, the food bank is doing yeah, what they're I supposed mean, to be doing, and God lets you know. Yeah, he's most actually, you know, you could almost say, yeah, he's a business partner in this whole endeavor, and he makes it, he does his side, and we do ours. So you have 
former NFL players, uh, celebrities, all different types of people um, that come from all different backgrounds that work in the food bank. And it's like a warehouse, so it's not just always like handing out food. What types of stuff do they do? Who's coming in there to help? Who have you seen that is just really made a difference there. I think one of the most remarkable ones, you know, I had the opportunity to work with Drew Pearson on his show, and that that reconnected me with uh, Rayfield Wright, who's in the NFL Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. he's in seven Hall of Fames. And we helped him out with one of his golf tournaments, and then he just, he and his wife, Di, saw what, what we do inside, and he just, they just fell in love with the place, mm-hmm. and they've never left. How long ago was that? Uh... 2019, 2018, 2019. Now they're actually, both of them are fully voted voting board members. Wow. And you want those people involved in the board, the ones that actually are hands-on and seeing the people coming in. Yeah, because a lot of celebrities want to come, but they're just... To get their picture taken for a photo op? That happened to me after I got out of jail, Jared. (laughs) Everybody wanted a picture with me, and I'm like, you didn't even know who I was three months ago. I want people doing things for the right reasons right. and come and continuing to come back as you told me before. Um, so you told me that he even opened during COVID. Yeah. What did he do? So uh, me, Al Zito, uh, Judge Patricia Baca Bennett and a few other donors, we all pitched in and bought Rayfield a large chest freezer and we opened up a a satellite pantry where we'll send truckloads of food to his garage. And wait, his own personal garage in his house. Right. <laughs> there in Willow Park. And his garage has turned into a satellite pantry for the senior citizens in that area. Oh wow. And so folks Okay, wait, go, so yeah. they were going to this man's house. During COVID, everybody's locked down, but he's concerned that people weren't getting what they needed because they weren't. Right. Um, or they were afraid to go to a full grocery store right. or whatever. They're going to this man's house? Yes. He, I mean, he's <laughs> responsible for the awesome. Cowboys dynasty of the 70s by putting the block for Roger Staubach. And now he's putting the blindside block on hunger by literally, and a lot of these folks that are coming to him don't even know who he was during his playing years or what type of football icon he is. He doesn't care either. No, he doesn't. He's in seven Hall of Fames, and he is one of, he is the only NFL player out of 40,000 people to be honored in two NFL stadiums, yet he is a better human being than he is a football player. And you know what? If you want something written on your gravestone, I definitely would want it to be a great human being and not, I was really good at football, even though that was great. We love him for that, right. but that's what it all comes down to and why this works so well. Um, so how long have you been involved in the food bank? I guess probably since Hurricane Harvey. Wow. And you do, what is your, I know I can't, what is your specific job? I, I it's not. The, it's like whatever people need. But what is your I, main I, job? I sit well on the food bank. I sit on their advisory board, so not on their board of directors. I just kind of, I'm kind of their fixer of things. I, I see. You're the pro- fixer. You're I, the liaison. You I see, connect people. Right. I, I spot problems and I fill those gaps. So when there's a need, and we'll talk more about this um, after the break, but you do more than just feed the people at the food bank. 
and it's more of a dignity thing and trying to give people their life back more than feeding them. Yes, I mean, we do occupational training. We have forklifts, so several times a year we offer free forklift training for folks who oh, can use wow. it. Because sometimes you're just taking them from maybe the lower socioeconomic class. Can you get them up to a middle class or lower middle class where they can get that little bit of air pocket mm -hmm. where and it is a dignity thing because you know once you hit rock bottom it's really hard without help to yeah to get back up and that's and why i like the food bank because we don't have restrictions on who we can donate to so even with my kids school we still help a lot of families sometimes your met a couple medical bills car you know something happens where you don't qualify for COVID. federal aid. yeah covid i mean it puts so many yeah. people out of work and yeah. we'll talk more about this after the break because i want to show you guys exactly what gerald is doing um, he's also a photographer i want to show you a photo that he's done and some other amazing things we'll be right back the following are sponsors for today's show. If you'd like to become a sponsor, please visit us at CourageToStand.com. Amy Autry offers customized health insurance options. She's licensed and appointed with multiple health insurance and health share companies, so she can review all your health insurance needs, advise, enroll, and support you ongoing with your policy. Amy has over six years of experience as a health insurance broker to save you time and money in shopping and enrolling in a customized health plan that fits your needs and budget. Her services are free, so give her a call at 817-809-4409. That's Amy Autry at 817-809-4409. Looking to buy or sell real estate in North Texas? The Neal team with Better Homes and Gardens Winans specialize in residential and farm and ranch properties. Call our friends, Donnie and Darla at 903-744-5475 or email neal at winansbhg.com. Just one call, and as Donnie says, the pretty blonde and the ugly cowboy can put the power of two to work for you. Your journey starts here. Again, Donnie and Darla Neal at 903-744-5475. Jara Hutchins owns Clearing the Chamber, a female-owned firearms and self-defense training company that specializes in teaching women, youth, and families how to stay safe. We have a class for everything, including intro to handgun, time management for the gun owner, how to talk to your kids about firearms, license to carry, and how to protect what you're expecting, a class for new and expecting mothers. We have all five-star reviews on Facebook and respond quickly to your questions. Give us a call at 469-665-9333 or email clearingthechamber at gmail.com and schedule your free consultation. Again, that consultation is free. Just give us a call at 469-665-9333. Hi, welcome back to Courage to Stand. I'm here with Gerald Kern, the humanitarian of, I guess, Fort Worth is where the food bank is. Um, what is the full name of the food bank? It's the Community Food Bank of Fort Worth located at 3000 Galvez, uh, right near Riverside and 30. Because there's so there's a lot of smaller food banks. Correct. Um, but this one is on 3000 Galvez. 3000 Galvez, okay. right near Riverside and 30. Okay. I-30. And um, if people want to get involved, how do they do that? Uh, they can go to the website, food-bank.org. Yep. They can go there or, or find the link through you. Okay. And yeah, just let us know. We're open Monday through Friday, 
uh, for volunteers to the public needing food. We're open Monday through Thursday from nine to one, but nine to five, we still have volunteers mm -hmm. throughout the day, Monday through Friday. So if people are needing food, do they just show up or how does yeah, that work? Yeah, uh, they, can, they, they can come. The, there'll be a, a line of folks. They can show their driver's license. Uh, that allows them to get one big box of food, usually with three meats and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. One big box of food every and that's how two you weeks. Keep people from you know continually coming in every day or whatever. Right. You're, you're, okay. And so just it just lets us know, hey, in two weeks you can come back. Mm -hmm. But wait, you mean you need your ID for something? <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I'm I know. Just kidding. <laughs> I just had to make that little jab. Sorry. Yeah. Not, not sorry. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, but that's good. Yeah. We, we want to make sure that people aren't monopolizing the situation and making right. sure that and, and, you know, and there, everybody's and, getting help. And there's some flexibility, you know, and someone tells us, hey, something came up. Or you know, their refrigerator died and everything. Yeah, life, life yeah. happens, and we make exceptions for a lot of things. But I also encourage folks to come volunteer instead mm -hmm. because not only can they still get a box, we're going to give them lunch. We have a lot, some homeless folks that will take showers there, clean up. Volunteer. Wait, there's showers there? Yeah, we have a couple showers. They'll clean Aww. up. We'll provide them, you know, we can get their laundry. And then they'll come help out in the line and have lunch. And we'll hook them up with some groceries and they'll come back the next day. They could get just a regular box of food through the front, but they want their dignity that they've actually contributed to something bigger than themselves. Even though they're in a, a rough spot themselves, for sometimes the biggest gift is dignity. Sometimes the, that, the gift of dignity is worth more than the food. I, I think it is, actually. And... Um, you could be in your lowest situation possible, and this gives you the opportunity to still help others. Yeah, during the peak of COVID, I had people with no legs, handicapped senior citizens, and we would just put them in a corner away from everyone where they can, you know, scan, uh, do barcodes or something. But a lot of them, they didn't want the free food without doing something. And even if it's, we had this one guy who would just put a thing of food on his wheelchair and walk it out to people, you know, and then come back. But he wanted the dignity of doing something bigger than himself. I'm so excited about going there and visiting. So we need to hook that up yes. soon. But that just makes my heart smile. And, and the other thing that there's people that are homeless that are not getting a government paycheck that are giving their time and energy at a food bank. Yes. Those are the people that we need to help. It's not a handout no. to them. They don't want the handout. No. No, and they the the four we feed them lunch five days a week for the volunteers. For some of those folks, that's the only mm -hmm. hot meal they get all week long. And that happens in some schools too. You have to think about um, when you work in some of the schools with uh, low socioeconomic. Yeah, we uh, step in in a lot of areas because we don't have to create a paper trail and everything. That's and we amazing. And we can stop. We can you step can just in. help people without having to. We give the them red their. Tape. We give them their dignity. A uh, uh, couple folks, you know, they can't make it to the food bank during those hours. So Mike's Taqueria there in Arlington, for example, and we're always looking for other partners. He has a walk-in refrigerator, and we'll have volunteers that will go get groceries for families from our food bank take it over to Mike's Taqueria, they'll put it in the walk-in cooler. When these other families that need help, they can just pick it up after work and, you know, after, or after the kids go to bed because he's open mm -hmm. late and no questions asked. That's amazing. And for Mike's Taqueria, that's, thank you for doing that yeah. because 
we need to all work together to make something yeah. like this happen, especially in this big of scheme. It's it's a lot. You are a photographer by trade. Uh, it's one of my jack of all <laughs> trades. Yeah, <laughs> you're very good. I've seen your work. How do you use your photography and the food bank? You know, one thing about the way I, I shoot, I don't do regular photos. I I capture souls. Mm-hmm. And I have this weird thing where I can walk through a line and I can, I can almost smell who's in pain. Doesn't mean I can solve it, yeah. but I can usually pick up on certain vibes. And so I'll offer those folks, a, I'll ask them, hey, if you, I'll, I'll double up on your groceries, but will you let me take your portrait? Mm-hmm. Just as they are right then. They, from the time I make the offer to the time we start shooting, I usually try to start within 10 to 15 minutes. No makeup. You I don't want anything. I want it just very parallel to Richard Avedon's in the American West series during the late 70s, early 80s uh, that he did with the Eamon Carter. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the series that I'm working on, we started it right after COVID hit. Mm. And so this has been an ongoing documentary of the various faces of food insecurity that's that and we'll keep on doing this probably for about two or three years, and so at the end we're going to have about 125 portraits of various faces, and it's not going to be just the homeless folks. It's going to be the oil and gas worker. It's going to be the medical technician that lost their job because of the governor's shutdown. It's going to be a lot of folks that never in their wildest imagination thought they would be on the receiving end of a food bank. I mean, it could have been a salon owner. Salon odor. Seriously, it, it, um, we were in a we were two months behind on our mortgage. Let's be honest. Yeah. And if this God's favor didn't help us, we we would still be in a serious bind. What? Why do you take the pictures? Like what for? I think we're, we're at a critical time of history, and just being able to put a face and document mm. what sometimes good policy making and what bad policy making, being able to document the end result of those policies and putting a face and putting a story with that, you know, the story has to be told. And so I think it, it, it enlightens folks and especially with this collection, eventually probably making it to the Eamon Carter Museum of American Art. Wow. It, it ends up telling the world that, you know, these are human beings that need their dignity. Not you you can't just read papers and statistics and and those types of things to read what has happened to our nation. No. A, a picture. And, the, and these photos, I'll do roughly 200 portraits of a person. Whether I use their photo or not, they all are getting groceries. They're all getting some extra necessities mm-hmm. they need. But I'll do roughly about 200 photos per person. And I'll do anywhere from 10 to 20 portraits of people or 10 to 20 people to get one iconic photos. So somewhere between two to 4,000 photos will get one magical you, it's the photo. One. You, do you pick it? Yeah. Every time just you? Yeah, because it's a combination of the look, the story, and sometimes I'll sit on these photos for months, maybe even a year before I go back to look at them. And something will just tell me this is mm-hmm. Well, they're it. all phenomenal. You ask the people, you ask the, uh, the people that you take their picture, you you ask them their background story yeah, while you're, and, while you're yeah, taking and we'll, the pictures. Yeah, and we'll hits, I mean, it almost turns into therapy for some of them mm. because up until this point, they're just a name, not even a name sometimes, they're just a face 
on a street corner or whatever. So for 15 to 30 minutes or whatever, you're giving the, the dignity of someone taking the time to listen to their story. And, and no one would have ever thought, can I take your picture? Right. And you're worth something. Right. And you have dignity. You mean something. You know, whatever tragic circumstances brought you to here, mm-hmm. you know, you're still loved. Uh, That's amazing. Uh, in a first Galatia, or first, I forgot, I can't think of the Bible verse, but it, it says that, you know, each person is a temple mm-hmm. of God. And so I don't look at these folks as throwaway people. Each one of these people is its own temple of God that I, I, I capture temples. I don't capture just people. You brought a picture uh, yes. uh, to the show. Can you explain um, not this person's name, but who they are, where they came from, and what the picture means to you. I think, so in this particular photo, we took it last summer, and in the collection, it, these photos are taken in the midday sun. And so it's the In harsh, the summer in Texas, and, if you don't so know, it could be, yeah, it's humid and it's hot. Yeah, so where we're shooting, it's about 10 to 15 degrees hotter than the ambient air temperature because of the way the concrete reflects. So we're Mm -hmm. probably about 110 where we're shooting. And this woman was assaulted in the worst ways any woman could be assaulted. And if you look at her left shoulder, they literally ripped it out of her socket. And you can see she had to get like three plates put in. They had to reconstruct her shoulder. And then I talking to some other folks that knew her, she's been pushed to like some pretty dark edges of suicide and other. And she told you these things? Yeah, she told me her, her, she told me her story. And then I got some other background out of some other folks that filled in for her. And when they saw the photo, they were even surprised that she was still alive. And so I I wanted to give her a photo that in her darkest moments at two or three in the morning or whenever, can she look at that photo of strength and say, you know, my past doesn't define me, but and I'm not going to give her a bunch of Hallmark card words to say, hey, it's all going to yeah, be better. I'm no. not going to sugar. I just like. You can't can, tell that woman that no, anyway. <laughs> no, but can, can you just hang on till the sun rises? Mm-hmm. Just don't do anything rash. Just hang she on for a few more hours. really strong in the picture. Yeah. It, I mean, she looks almost Olympic athlete strong exactly. in the picture. If you were to just show me the picture and not give me any background, right. I would be like, this woman's making millions of dollars somewhere as an athlete. Yeah. And the if, strength that she has. And if you know anyone who survived a traumatic event, they have a couple good days, a couple bad days, and some, a string of bad days. And you almost have to look like a 90-day moving average of their emotions mm-hmm. versus just a small snapshot. So if she's just that or just maybe a little improvement, that's that's still a win. But you may have three weeks of, down, of, of bear market emotions. Mm-hmm. And so just giving her something that she can just kind of grip onto. How did she uh, act when you gave her the photo? Or when you showed it to her? I, actually, I, you know, from that day, well, all the folks I never get to see again. Oh, my gosh. Now, I think she did get to see her photo, but, you know. She would have to come back. For a lot of folks, they may not see that. They, they either may not see it or they may not see it to the museum exhibit. And so. Because it's not like a lot of them have cell phone contacts or where you can contact. Right. Or, but they are an example for anyone else, like any, for me to see a picture like that makes me feel like, you know what, my problems aren't that bad. You know what I mean? Like I see this stranger in a picture and I'm like, look how strong she is and how strong and courageous yeah. she's been 
with what she's been through, and she looks way stronger than in, most women I know yeah. in that picture. And at the peak of the pandemic, another piece I have traveling in the museum right now lays it's her hands just in her lips, but you can see the cracks and everything. But we were giving her toilet paper necessities while everyone's fighting for toilet paper and just all this crazy stuff during the pandemic. And we I, couldn't get it. <laughs> right. And I'm just like thinking, she humbled me. She's homeless and she's just thankful. And I'm like thinking, I need to just reevaluate my value system because we're just so connected to a lot of materialistic mm -hmm. stuff. And she's just mm -hmm. thankful for being thankful I love under it. the worst conditions. I would suggest to anyone, and we and Tim and I have been fortunate enough to do a lot of this um, this past year, um, just getting involved. If you're ever feeling down or if you feel like, you know, you have a black cloud over you, do something like going to the food bank or helping someone else. You'll realize it's, you're, you're okay. Yeah. You will get through it. If these people can get through it, you can get through it. We have a lot of people that volunteer that are have addiction issues, dealing with grief and other issues. And it's almost, for them, it's therapeutic that they come. I have one gentleman who lost his wife not too long ago, then lost his son. And, you know, being home alone with a bottle at home, you know, pull the trigger. You know, yeah. you get out, you need to get out. You, you cannot be at home with your demons. Yeah. And for the community food bank, it's, it's a, it gives just as much as you give. Wow. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. You can follow Gerald on social media. I know you have a Facebook page. Do you have an, what other social media uh, do you have? Instagram. All of those. And yeah. you have to look at these pictures. There's more than what we just showed today. Um, the Community Food Bank, man, everybody involved in that, everybody that has contributed to that, thank you for what you're doing. Tim and I are definitely going to make a stop there. And um, I just want to just reiterate what we just talked about. If you are feeling down, the best thing to do is go help others. It's the best antidepressant. It, it is. It is. And um, making other people feel good will make you feel good. And if you are in need of help, please go to the community food bank. They'd be more than willing to help you out and get you back on your feet, at least with the essentials and give yeah. you some dignity. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching Courage to Stand today. This has been a great episode, really heartfelt. I hope that more of you get involved, more of you take the courage in. If anything happens to you in your life where you feel like you can help others, this is the perfect way to do it. Thank you so much, Gerald. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to share our show with everybody. It's the only way we get the word around. You can go to food-bank.org if you would like to donate or if you just want to be involved in this amazing organization. Thanks so much for watching.